And tonight is really cool because we're actually, with a new year, we're starting a brand new series, and the series is called Him and Her. Him and Her, and it's a series all about relationships, relationships, which is fun. Uh, anytime we do a series about relationships, you guys love it. Whenever I ask people like, hey, if, if we could talk about anything on a, on a Wednesday night, what would you want to talk about? The answer is usually I don't know. But if it's not I don't know, the answer is relationships. Like, please, can we do that? And uh, here's, here's why I think we love talking about relationships. Uh, it's because you probably fall into one of these uh, three categories, either in one, uh, you just got out of one, or you want to be in one. Right. Um, so if you're in this room tonight, it's probably uh, you probably are in one right now or you just got out of one uh, or maybe you really want to be in one um, or maybe you're like somehow in all three at once. You know, like you just got out of one, but now you're kind of in one, but you're thinking, you know. And so uh, anyways, no matter who you are. Hey, actually, let's do this. How many of you in this room? How many of you in this room right now would say I am in a relationship? Come on, raise it up. There we go. OK. Okay. Hey, guys, if you're getting like an elbow to your ribcage, that means you should raise your hand, okay? <laughs> we might have just determined that you were in a relationship and you didn't even know that. All right. How many of you would say, um, how many of you would say, I want to be in a relationship like I have a crush on someone right now? I really want to, safe place. We can do this. That's good. How many of you, how many of you would say I have a crush on someone in this room right now? Oh, look around. Hey, we can make this happen. This is like matchmaking happening right now. This is good. Well, obviously, if we're going to uh, if we're going to talk about relationships, we all love talking about relationships. Uh, I could not talk about relationships without uh, telling you about my very first date with Catherine, my wife. Uh, yeah, Catherine and I have been married for over seven years now. And some of you have come up to me and you're like, tell me the story. How'd you guys meet? Like all that stuff. Some of you may not care, but that's okay. Cause I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, so before I tell you the story, I want to show you a picture. This is a picture of my wife and I, when we were dating. So, uh, that's good. This has not been altered in any way. This is real life right here. This is when we were dating. Uh, I know. First of all, I do have eyebrows. You can see this now. Okay. It's true. And uh, check out that goatee. How many of you think I should bring that back? You're like, dude, bring back. That's right. It's terrible. That is awful. That is an awful thing. Um, some of you guys may look at this and uh, maybe you're like, hey, Steve, like no offense or anything, but like how do beautiful women like that end up with someone like you? And uh, I would answer that question by saying, first of all, uh, I am offended. Thank you very much. Um, okay, so here's how it happened. So my wife and I both went to the University of Georgia. Go dogs. What's up now, Louisville? How we doing? How we feeling? Right? Belk. Belk is a great place for you to um, buy some clothes or uh, watch UGA destroy Louisville, okay? So either way, Belk Bowl. Uh, it was fun. So we, uh, so we met at UGA, and actually the cool thing was we, um, we were actually in a worship band together. Um, it's true. I was, uh, I was the leader of this worship band that traveled around to different like churches and camps and stuff like that. And uh, as the worship leader, one of the tasks that I had was actually choosing people for the band. And so uh, I told all my buddies, I was like, here's the deal. It's just going to be a bunch of dudes in the band. We're going to like rock and roll. It's going to be awesome. No need for a girl in the band. Uh, and then Catherine tried out. And I said, we should have a girl in the band. And I think it should be her. And, uh, and so I asked her to be in the band. And she said yes. 
which was awesome. And so we got to travel around and do that. And, and, and obviously, because we're like kind of running around together, uh, I'm getting to know her more. And man, I begin to find out that Catherine is an incredible, incredible woman. Uh, first of all, obviously, she is smoking hot, um, <laughs> which I like a lot. And, uh, and, then, and then I also find out she's like crazy kind. She's got an unbelievable sense of humor. She's so confident. All these incredible things about her. And so I did, I did what any like, you know, warm-blooded American male would do when he meets someone that incredible. I told all of my friends to date her. Yeah, I know. I'm an idiot, okay? And uh, I realize this now. This was not a wise decision on my part. Uh, I guess it was because she was so confident. I was like, I don't even stand a chance. So I told all my friends, I said, hey, Catherine is incredible. You guys should date her. Uh, Again, I'm an idiot, okay? I'm an idiot. And thankfully, my friends are even bigger idiots than me, and they didn't take me up on the offer. And finally, after like months of hanging around this incredible girl, I was like, dude, I have to ask this girl on a date. I do. I got to ask her on a date. And, um, and the thing was, again, she was so confident that I kind of played it out in my head that when the day uh, would actually come for me to ask her on a date, the way I saw it happening was that I would like approach her and say, hey, can I, you know, I want to take you on a date. And she would look at me and say, oh, that's so sweet. Um, I'm fine. Like, like, like I'm good. I'm kind of doing my thing. So, I mean, I appreciate it. That's fine. But no, thanks. You know, like I really thought that's how it was going to play out. And so of course I'm scared to death. Cause I'm like, dude, this girl's going to turn me down. They're, like, I don't even stand a chance, but finally got to the point where it was like, this girl is too incredible. Like, I gotta know, I gotta ask her out. And so one night we were, we were hanging out and, uh, uh, and I looked at her and I said, Catherine, I love hanging out with you. And, uh, I want to take you on a date. Um, would you go on a date with me? And then my heart like stopped as I'm waiting for the response. And she looked at me and she said, yes. And a, a, a like cool guy that's like suave and stuff would have probably been like, that's cool. You know, like he, he just would have been fine with it. Um, I acted like UGA just scored a touchdown. I did a fist pump and then I like yelled a little bit. I was like, yes. Like I was so excited. I didn't think that was going to happen. And uh, so then finally we set up a date. It was going to be December 21st, and we were going to go on our very first date. Uh, And then, then, the day before our date, my car broke down. I know. And by my car broke down, I mean my minivan broke down. Yeah. I, I, uh, I drove a minivan. It had spinners. Long story. So um, <laughs> as you can imagine, a 20-year-old minivan is not the most reliable thing. And as chance would have it, it broke down literally the day before our date. And of course, I'm freaking out because I'm like, dude, I just asked this girl on a date. And there's no way that she should like go out with me like she's way above me. And she actually said, yes, I have to take this girl on a date. Whatever it costs, I don't care about the car. I got to take this girl on a date. So I start asking around all my friends. I'm like, dude, I, like, can I borrow your car, please? I got to take this girl on a date. Like she said yes once, she's not going to say yes again. Can I please, please borrow your car? Please borrow your car. Finally, one of the guys I asked actually said yes. And so I get his car. Uh, now the, the problem was the guy that said yes, uh, was, was like a hippie. You guys know what I'm saying? Like, like hippie, like wore like sandals all the time. <laughs> yeah. Had a goatee that looked a lot like that. Uh, he like made his own granola. You know what I'm saying? He didn't believe in deodorant. You feel me? Like I'm talking straight up hippie. And the bad news was his car smelled just like him. Just, it was terrible. It was like I was walking into this guy's armpit. It was 
awful. And so like I'm in this car and this is my only shot. And so I'm like, I got to like, if I'm a dude and I can smell it, then she's definitely going to smell it. And so I stopped by this gas station and I'm buying up like all the like potpourri and like spray and mist and the like gel and the stuff that like hangs on the rear view mirror. I'm like, I got to make this car smell better. I got some like autumn rain stuff. Uh, I don't know what it smells like, but, um, but I like just showered it everywhere. And then the car smelled like autumn rain mixed with B.O. It just, it didn't help at all. It just added another flavor on top of it, but I was like, whatever. So finally I drove to her house. I picked her up and we went to her favorite restaurant and uh, we were hanging out. We were talking for a little bit. And then after the restaurant, we went to, to go see a movie. And then after the movie, we went back to her place. Um, her parents were there, got to meet her sister. We were talking and uh, we wrapped up the first of many dates and we lived happily ever after. Right? And that's how, that's how, like, that's how every, like, romantic comedy goes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's about the guy and the girl meeting up, and then finally once they meet up and they have their first date, then the credits roll and they live happily ever after. Like, like think, about, think about this. Think about any, like, Disney movie you've ever seen, any romantic comedy. It's all about, like, the guy and the girl getting together. And so, like, at the beginning of the movie, it's all about him finding her, her finding him, and you just want them to get together, and the whole movie is all about the tension of them not being together, but if she can just find the right guy, or, or, or if he can just find the right girl, then finally, maybe one day, everything will work out all right. And the movie always ends after they get together, because after all, once you find the right person, then everything is going to go all right. And so because of this, I think we end up believing when we date, we end up believing the right person myth. And the right person myth, you can actually take this down. This is in your notes. The right person myth is once I find the right person, everything will be all right. Right? Like all I got to do is make sure I find the right guy or find the right girl. And once I find the right girl, then everything in life is going to work out okay. In other words, I'm not going to be content. I'm not going to be okay until I find the right person. And so my whole strategy when it comes to dating and my whole focus when it comes to relationships is all about finding the right person. So maybe for you, you're just waiting for the right guy. Or maybe for you, you're waiting for the right girl. And you keep thinking, if I can just find the right girl or find the right guy, then everything in life is going to be all right. And so this is what it looks like. Ladies in the room, you know, you're, you're like hanging out. And then all of a sudden, he walks in. And you see him, and you're like, okay, okay, okay. And then you start thinking, I found him. I found the right person. There they are. And so now my strategy, my goal is to be with that person because if I can be with that person, then everything in life is going to be okay. Then my family's going to be okay. Then I'm going to be okay. Then my future's going to be okay. But I got to make sure that I'm with the right person, and I think it's him. And so I just need to be with him because once I'm with him, then everything in life is going to work out all right. And then you actually get to meet him. And then sure enough, you guys are actually in a relationship and you're on cloud nine because you're finally with the right person. And so you start thinking, my life is complete. Everything is good. I finally found the right person. And then like three months pass. And all of a sudden you're looking at him and you're like, that is not the right person. That is, it's just... It's because, because the right person doesn't play Clash of Clans for seven hours a day. It's obviously not him, right? The right person should shower more than once a week. Like, he cannot be the right person. There's no way he's the right person. And then, then you look and you're like, wait a second. What about him? 
I know, I know why our relationship isn't working. It's because he's not the right person. Because if he was the right person, then everything would work out okay. And I think he's the right person. So then you break up with him because after all, he wasn't the right person at all. And then you start dating this guy. And so you're in a relationship with this guy and you're on cloud nine because, oh my gosh, I found the right person and everything in life is okay. And then like four months in, you guys are fighting. And you're like, this doesn't make any sense. He, he obviously cannot be the right person because, after all, if he was the right person, we wouldn't be fighting. And so the problem isn't me. The problem isn't us. The problem is him. He's just not the right person. Because, after all, if I were to just find the right person, then everything in life would be all right. Now, unfortunately, there's one problem with this right person myth. <laughs> and that's, oh, if we can go back. If we can go back, thank you. Um, and that's that this is a myth. The right person myth is a myth. See, this, this isn't the way that relationships work. Relationships don't work where all of a sudden you're in a relationship and then you become this incredible person. And then all of a sudden you're loving and then all of a sudden you're patient and magically you're given these skills. The success or failure of a relationship has very little to do with you actually finding the right person. In other words, your, your relationship status does not change your relational status. You are no more loving. You are no more kind. You are no better at relationships because of who you're with. This right person myth is a myth. In other words, who you are before you date is who you'll be when you date. Who you are before you date is who you'll be when you date. Dating someone doesn't change anything. You're the same person. It's not that everything in life is going to go okay once you find the right person. It's who you are before you date is actually who you'll be when you date. So here's what I mean. If you, uh, if you have this bad habit of like gossiping and, um, and maybe you like gossip about some of your friends and you're trying to quit, but it's kind of a tough habit and so you can't help but gossip. Once you get in a relationship after some time, you'll begin gossiping about the person that you're with. Even though you would swear you would never do that, and I promise I won't do that, and, 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 and I swear I'm never going to be that type of person, but what you find is who you are before you date is who you'll be when you date. And so if you gossip before you date, then you'll gossip when you date. If you lie to your parents, then one day you'll lie to the person that you're dating. You'll lie to your significant other. One day you'll lie to your future spouse. Even though it makes you so angry to see people in a relationship like fighting and lying to one another and that, that, that makes your blood boil and you're saying, I'm never going to be that type of person. But if you're that type of person with other people, then what you find is who you are before you date is who you become when you date. And so the question is not, man, how can I, how can I just find the right person? Instead, the question is how can I be the right person? How can I be the right person? It's not just about finding the right person. It's about being the right person. And thankfully for us, Scripture is not silent on this. Scripture actually speaks very specifically to this because of the fact that God is the one who designed relationships. You know that, right? Like, like God's the one that made you. He's the one that made me. He's the one that designed relationships. He's the one that created marriage. In fact, he actually invented sex. Like, it's not a new thing for him. It's not like we came up with it. And he was like, that's new. I didn't think you could do it. No, like he's the one that came up with it. So because God is the one that designed relationships, God's the one that designed this, he knows how we can actually be the right person. 
And through the Apostle Paul, he actually wrote down a list of qualities of what it looks like to be the right person. So I want to look together at that list, and it's found uh, in your Bibles. You can go ahead and grab them. They should be like on the table in front of you or maybe in your lap. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is going to be on page 1,152. Page 1152. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Some of you guys may recognize this uh, as the love chapter. If you've ever been to a wedding before, maybe they've actually quoted some of these verses um, in that wedding. But this is, this is a portion of scripture where God specifically talks about what it looks like to be the right person. And not just in a relationship when you're actually dating someone. In fact, these verses talk about how to be the right person in any relationship. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, this is on page 1,152. I want to read it together, starting in verse 4. And there's a, there's a whole long like, list of qualities that we could actually go through together. Unfortunately, we don't have a ton of time, so we're just going to look at the first five. Okay? So in verse 4, um, if you'll read along, it says this, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. And it is not proud. And I want to talk about each of these specifically, one at a time, because there's five qualities that I think could dramatically change you to actually be the right person. So the first one, love is patient. It's a little awkward, right? It's tough being patient. It's tough waiting. This is not a natural thing for us. We like to always be go, 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 and it's tough to actually have this, and that's why I think it's one of the first things that God mentions. Love is patient. In other words, love is willing to wait for the best. Love is willing to say, you go first. Patient also means that, 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 that when things get tough in a relationship, love is willing to stick it out. In other words, love doesn't bail. Love is patient. And God's saying, if you start focusing less on what it means to actually find the right person and start focusing more on what it means to actually be the right person, the first thing you got to know is that you got to be patient. You got to wait for God's best. You have to be willing to let others go first. You got to not bail when things get tough. The next one, he says, love is kind. And this is a, this is a funny word, kind. Um, a lot of times when we look at the word kind, it, it kind of feels soft. You know, it feels like nice, you know, like love is nice. It's like love like smiles and doesn't really do anything, right? Like, like that's kind of what it looks like when we look at kind. But this word is actually, there's a really cool word. It's a, it's a combination of two words, combination of good and a combination of kind. And the neat thing about this word is that it's always action oriented. Every time it shows up in scripture, this is a specific word that always has action associated with it. In other words, it's this, it's this picture of like someone at the edge of their seat waiting to serve someone. Literally, one translation says full of service to someone else. This is like, um, it's like if you're walking down the hall and like girl drops her books in front of you, like what love does, love is the first one to run to her and pick up the books. That's what love does. That's what it means for love is kind. It means this too, and this is going to make you uncomfortable, but whatever. It means when you go home, you don't just go straight up to your room. You look around and you see that the dishes aren't done. You do the dishes. Because love is action-oriented. 
Because love is kind, regardless of what the other person deserves. Love is looking to serve someone else. The next one, love does not envy. And this is huge because the word envy actually, actually means like to claim possession of someone. In other words, it's like saying to someone, you are mine and you can only do the things that I approve of and you can only be where I want you to be and talk to who I want you to talk with. And it's claiming ownership of someone. And love does not envy means love actually lets go. And love is willing to trust. Love is willing to trust. Even when things get tough. That you don't claim your ownership of someone. You let that go. And you trust them. Love does not boast. And to boast just means, man, you're talking about yourself. If, if, if like your favorite word is me or I, or if the center of your conversations is all about your interests and the things that you want, then maybe this is something you struggle with. Or, or if you're like a, uh, if you're like a one-upper, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, do you guys know what a one-upper is? What, right? Like, it's like you're telling a story and you think the story's pretty good, but then someone swoops in out of nowhere. You know, it's like they were hiding in the curtain and then they say this like phrase and they're like, oh yeah, that's nothing. And you're like, actually it was something because I was telling a story, but then they still swoop in and they're like, that's nothing. And they start telling the story and it's all about them. And it's no longer about you because they're the center of their lives. And they want to talk about the things that they've done. And they're telling everyone else that they're dumb. And it's all about them. Right. And God's saying, God's saying, love is not a one upper. Love doesn't dominate a conversation and make it all about you. It doesn't boast. And then finally, love is not, is not proud. And this is tough for us. The, the word proud is kind of this like picture, if you can imagine, of like a balloon filled up with air um, or like puffed up. It, it, it's, uh, it's where we get the term like full of yourself. Have you ever heard, you know, like, oh, you're so full of yourself or she's so full of herself or he's so full of himself. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when, when, when someone is full of themselves, there's no room for anything else, right? Because they're full of them. And so if you're full of yourself, there's no room for peace. I mean, there's no room, there's no room for joy if you're always full of yourself. There's no room for anyone else. There's no room for God if you're full of yourself. And Paul is saying here, if you want to stop focusing on just finding the right person, instead start focusing on being the right person. It means that these are the characteristics you're looking for. See, God would look at this and say, this is the list of characteristics of the way that you should be to be the right person. But even more than that, even more than that, this is a list of characteristics that God already has. See, God is already these things. You could replace the word love with God, and it would be true. God is patient. <laughs> He's patient with you. He's patient with me. Even when we sin, even when we mess up, even when we doubt, when we're afraid, God has every reason to just kind of brush us off and say, I don't have time for this, but he's patient. Aren't you so glad he's patient with you? He's patient and he's kind. <laughs> the God of the universe who like created everything is sitting at the edge of his seat waiting to serve you. When Jesus was here on earth, he even said, I didn't come to be served. I actually came to serve. 
And so now Jesus is saying to us, these are all qualities that are true of God. And if you want to have a relationship that actually works, these are qualities that you need to have. And these things don't come naturally. It's not like you're born with patience or you're born with kindness. These things are tough. It works against the way that we normally work. This is something that takes practice every day in every interaction with every person. Because, because who you are before you date is who you will be when you date. In fact, this was something, this was kind of a message that God gave to me before I even met Catherine. I, uh, before Catherine, I'd come out of a pretty rough breakup. And I remember talking to God about it and saying, well, obviously she wasn't the right person. And so I guess it's good that I'm no longer with her because she wasn't the right person. So now I've got to find the right person. And God was like, okay, hold on. I think it's less about her not being the right person. And I think it's more about you not being the right person. See, because these things, as much as I wish they were true of me, they, they weren't. I wasn't patient. I wasn't kind. Looking for ways to serve. And then um, around that same time that I was wrestling with this, God actually pressed in a truth that someone else spoke to me. I don't know if you ever heard this before, but this is true. Guys, um, the way that you treat your mom is how you're going to treat your future spouse. Every time. And ladies, the way you treat your dad is the way you're going to treat your future spouse every time. And you can say, no, that's not true. That's not me. But this is like study after study after study. This is true. In other words, what these studies are saying is who you are before you date is who you'll be when you date. I was, uh, I was in college at the time before I met Catherine. And uh, I remember thinking about marriage. And God said, hey, one day, one day you're going to be married to someone and they're going to be like your all-time roommate. And if you can't treat your current roommates right, then there's a problem. And, uh, and, and so it was at that time that things started to get weird in the house that I lived at because um, it was like five dudes and we're in this like smelly, like beat up house. And of course, no one did the dishes and no one did laundry and like, like no one did anything because why would you, you know, why would you want to do that? You're in college and you can smell, it's fine. And, uh, and then God pressed in on me and he said, hey, um, if, if you want a relationship in the future where either you're doing this for your wife or she's doing this for you, then you need to start doing this for your roommates because this doesn't come naturally. And so I started doing the dishes. <laughs> and it was weird because they would make a mess and every single day there'd be new dishes that I didn't dirty up. They would dirty them up and I started doing the dishes. And then I started cleaning up around the house. And then I started doing their laundry. And that got really weird, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> because God was saying to me, who you are before you date is who you'll be when you date. And then, many months later, when I met Catherine, I was ready. Because God was already forming in me the man that he wanted me to be for her. And so if you, today... If you today met your future spouse, would you be ready? In other words, are you becoming the type of person you want to date? Are you becoming the type of person 
that you want to date. Because it's easy to talk about qualities of people that we want to date. And I wish she was this way. And I, you know, if, 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 if only she was, you know, kind, if only she was loving, if only she did this, or it meant if only he would be this way, if only he could sacrifice, if only he could whatever. But what about you? Are you becoming the type of person that you want to date? And maybe today God is pressing in on you one of these five characteristics and saying, saying for you, I know, I know it's easy to just talk about finding the right person, but what would it look like for you to be serious about this and actually be the right person? And what would it look like for you to have that loving kindness, that active service to your parents? What would it look like for you to actually care for your brothers and your sisters that live in your house, your roommates right now? Because one day you will have a roommate and it'll be your spouse. And the way you're treating your current roommates is how you're going to treat your future roommate. What about the friends you have at school? Are you patient? Kind? Maybe God is saying today... I. I want you to lean into these in the relationships you have right now. And the beautiful thing is you don't have to wait till you're dating someone. You can start doing this tonight. Instead of just finding the right person, what would it look like for you to be the right person? Let me pray for you. God, I... I, uh, I'm humbled that you would um, teach me this truth personally. Because, man, I, I, uh, I get so anxious when I think about what could have been. <laughs> what if I wasn't ready um, for Catherine? What if, uh, what if I didn't listen to you? Oh, the heartache and uh, the damage that has been avoided because of your words to me. And I'm so grateful for that and your patience with me. God, I love you and I'm so, so grateful. And I ask tonight that, that uh, maybe tonight would be, would be a night where some students in this room would recognize for the first time that you are all of these things. You are patient. You are kind. You do not envy. You do not boast. You are not proud. Or maybe tonight would be a night where students could focus on the truth that you are not just calling them to look for the right person, but even more than that, to actually be the right person. I pray that you would elevate in these students' lives um, the name of someone that they need to start being this way towards. Maybe it's a mom, maybe it's a dad, maybe it's brother or sister, maybe it's a coach or a teacher or a friend. And you're saying to them, I know you're excited and I know you're looking forward to and I know you're ready for, for finally finding that right person, but what would it look like for you to already be that right person to the people in your life right now? So God, would you, uh, would you reveal to them who you want them to start treating more kindly or with more patience? And I pray that you would elevate the words of 1 Corinthians 13, 4. So they would begin listening to you and they would start acting like you because Jesus, you already fulfilled these things and we just want to be like you. So God, now as we sing to you, as we worship you, I pray, I pray that our hearts would just be lifted high to you. They'd be exposed to you. 
And we would say to you, God, I want to be like you. I don't want to focus anymore on trying to find the right person because that's, that's, that's something I just need to wait on you for. But instead, I want to start being the right person today. So we ask that you would do this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.